Hello, everybody. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. On a Give Me All You Got Friday. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! NCAA Regionals officially beginning in less than an hour. Nine o'clock, Coral Gables Regional. Moving it up due to weather. You'll have 15-plus hours of college baseball to take in today. For aging Cajun fans, they'll be counting down and looking at the clock for 7 o'clock tonight. If you're watching on ESPN+, Plus, as always, we invite you to sync up the audio with the radio call. Get Jay Walker and our next guest, Brad Topham, Raging Cajun uh, alum, former catcher, color analyst, former host of Top's Take, and uh, my friend who joins us now from College Station. Good morning, Brad. How is that uh, weather over there in College Station? What's the buzz like over there for today's regional? Dude, so far it's pretty good. The weather hadn't really been an issue. It's gonna um, the oven's gonna crank up by Sunday. Well, you right know, now we're good. Let, let, let me. I want to start with this one. Um, how much do you think? How much of an impact, if at all? Will the fact that the Raging Cajuns have kind of, they've pretty much been in postseason mode for a while now. I know it's not the exact same thing as a regional, I get it, but the idea of you got to win this or else. And I also realize it's, it's, it's double elimination, I get that, but they've been like this the last month, right? Leading all the way up to the Texas State Series. Then it went away briefly, but then they, you know, they had a quick ULM series and then it was, all right, Sunbelt tournament, you got to win or else. They've they've had that mindset for a while. Does that does that play at all today and this weekend or am I maybe overanalyzing that aspect of this? No, I think it helps with the pitchers more than anything because the um situations on a normal game on Friday, you wouldn't normally get a pitcher up in. And now when I'm messing around, uh, the leash can get longer during regular season for certain things. Um, Jeff Wilson wasn't pitching bad uh, last Sunday. But you give up three home runs, you give up another base runner, all solos, just made a couple bad pitches. All of a sudden, nah, we can't mess around. Got to go. You know, and, and that's the tougher part for them. It's just less more. It's postseason, so you have less margin for error. So I say for the pitchers, I think it benefits them because they're used to it now. Yeah, I got you. I mean, it, it, I, I think for TCU, on the other hand, they were the regular season champs. They've known for a while that they were going to be here, but uh, not having their head coach coming in, you know, off a couple of losses. Does that, do they just kind of rinse all that? Is, has there been enough time for them between when their regular season ended and now that, you know, they, they're they're able to prepare for not having their head coach tonight and, you know, I'm sure they're over the disappointment of, look, we, we, we didn't do well in the tournament. We're not hosting. Like, what, what what impact do you give TCU being kind of on the other side of it? Of They've known for a while that they were going to be in the postseason, and they've known for, you know, uh, a little little less than a week that they weren't going to have their head coach tonight. Yeah, it's a um, – I don't know much. I know much about Sarlus as a head coach. Uh Something as simple as game notes. You know, you trade them out with your splits and all that stuff. And Sully had texted the three guys involved, Matt Sullivan, a sports information guy. And um, he's telling us that, hey, if you look in your notes, you all got two of them, but you don't have TCU splits and all. So really, he's like, yeah, he's called. he called and said, yeah, we don't give those out. 
it's, it's information you can dig up out of the um, dig up online. It's something you trade around. So he tells me he gets a text. A and M sent him TCU splits. Basically, dude, it takes two minutes to find this online. It's just a courtesy, but that's how Charles does business. I, I don't know him that well. I, I don't really know. I mean, some teams they can carry a they can carry what's a perceived snub. They can carry it in the postseason and hurt him. I am curious to see how it goes. Um, and Charles is kind of pissed. We're not playing TCU next year. We bought out that game. And I don't think he's very happy about it, you know. Yeah, he, so, former not... former Astros pitcher. I mean, there's there's so many storylines in this. Not obviously, you know, from a Cajun standpoint, we've talked about it and Coach Deggs and returning there and everything else. I mean, is TCU? I I think look, they they want a shot at A and M, and I know that they've got the Cajuns tonight. But I'm sure their fan base is talking a ton about. Look, they they hired away our coach. You know, they took they took Jim Jim Schlossnagel and now you've got yeah. Sarlus who's been his understudy and you know, he's out for tonight's game, but then he's back. He's a guy that kinda has that perpetual chip on his shoulder, right? He's feisty and all this other stuff. I think from a Texas standpoint, those two schools they're thinking a lot more about one another than their opponents that they have today in Oral Roberts for A&M and then, of course, Louisiana for TCU. And I'm sure in Texas, from that standpoint, that's kind of overshadowing this regional. But, you know, here in Lafayette and obviously, you know, with, with the team that we cover, there's, there's plenty of storylines from a Cajun standpoint as well. And then I don't – look, I don't know a ton about Oral Roberts, to be honest with you, but I, I do think that oh, – Oh, buddy. Tell me, tell, tell me about tell me about the Golden Eagles of Oral Roberts who captured their twentieth Summit League title last weekend. Um, well, you've got a team that is top twenty in multiple pitching categories. They got six guys that play, and this is there's some things I'm about to sound a lot like us. They got six guys that play every day. Two of them have thirty RBIs. Two of them have forty. Two of them have fifty. None of them have a huge batting average. All of them hit between 305 and 330. They're a very consistent baseball team, and they're, they're good, Scott. They're good. And if you don't pay attention, a man by the name of Legend Smith is going to break one off up the rear of the Maggies. Uh, Third-team All-American lefty. He is the only All-American pitcher in this regional, and he's on Oral Roberts. They're good, and if and you are right, this is the equivalent of having Texas and Texas A and M in a regional, having us and ULSU or us in Tech, and not playing in the first round in a regional. This is the same thing. There, there's no talk about us. The talk is about, you know, A and M and TCU, Texas A and M. Yeah, and, and the thing is, you know, um, Sarlus. It is a little upset because we're not going to TCU. But the simple truth is when you you have the option to buy a game out, we bought it out for next year so we don't have to go to them. Simply because, look, we didn't sign a contract with you. We signed it with Schlossnagel. If he was still there, you'd still be going. They don't owe Starloos anything. That's not who they came to the agreement with. you know. So he's not happy about it. And but I don't think that translates to the kids. Well, it's certainly not in the regional, right? Yeah, no, you're right. And there's there's just there's bigger fish to fry here. You know what I'm saying? It's like, sure. Um, 
Uh, how, how big of an impact do you think it is not having your head coach in the dugout for a, a regional game? Uh, again, pitching. He's a pitching coach. It would be like not having Robe. I'm sure they've got their pitching system set up. But there's nobody better when Coach Robe was with us to make the adjustments to the pitcher, to calm the pitcher down. That's what you do. Sarlus is going to be the guy to calm them down. He don't exist. He's not there. So it's yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Um, the guy, and look, you can't look at some of the numbers because they are deceiving. I believe the guy we're going to see is a guy named Riley Cornelio. ERA is four and a half, but and he gives up he gives up, or he gives up eleven home runs, which is actually a lot of home runs. But the guy strikes out more than one inning. He's going to throw 94 to 96. If the curveball's on, he's good. If not, but I think Dag feels good about it because he's got he's got that good pitch, that good fastball. Well, we hit fastballs. Now, that's what we believe. TCU's got another lefty, preseason All-American, and did not have the season. 6'3 lefty named Austin Crobb, K-R-O-B. We saw him last year when they came to us, but – Preseason All-American, ERA is almost six. You know, he hasn't been used. He only ends up with five starts as opposed to being their number two guy. Um, And they've got a closer with an ERA of over six. But he's got ten saves. And I don't know. They're just a team that if I go through numbers, you're not sure how they won their regular season title. And I think maybe that's why they didn't get to host. Yeah. Well, and they were eight and 15 against quad one opponents. You know, I think that, yeah. that, that putting their RPI at, um, gosh, where would I think, I think their RPI was 30, 34 or 34, 30, yeah. something around there, mid 30. So, um, they, they, but you know, they've got some players. I mean, Tommy Sacco, their shortstop. I think he's batting three fifty, yes. a dozen homers, fifty one RBIs, seventeen stolen bases. This is the guy. You know, he's he's like the Rocco for them offensively. Now his numbers sure. aren't as good as Rocco's. Rocco's are better, but if you're looking at offensive player that when they're on the mound, um, when they're when they're at the plate, you. You know, you're saying, let's just figure out a way to let this guy, you know, make sure this guy doesn't beat us. That's the guy tonight for TCU. And this weekend, if they have to play the Horned Frogs twice, that I think Cajun pitchers, that's the one they want to keep an eye on because this cat, and he's experienced, right? I think he's a senior. I mean, they've, yep. they've, got, they've got the offensive capability. You mentioned pitching. Brandon Talley, he'll, he'll get, you know, he had the final out right of of the Sunbelt tournament he had the dream that it was going to happen here he is again you've got plenty of experience with the pitching for the Cajuns but Brad it's it hasn't been it hasn't been the consistent aspect of this team that's to say you've had guys this season have games where they step up with these masterful performances but it hasn't translated where okay now we're seeing it stack up back to back to back to back to back what, what, yeah, what, you know, what, what do you what do you make of the Cajun pitching heading into this regional, and what do you think the biggest key is for them to, you know, get get the kind of performances they're going to need out of them to get through this thing and have a chance to to upset these teams and win the regional? You know, Montgomery played very fair. If you hit it, it was gone. You know, it's it's just like being fatigued on certain days. If you hit it, it was gone. 
but it, you know, it didn't go out on its own. You had to do it. And for me, the key, I don't know how the part plays. Um, it would be very uncharacteristic to see the Cajuns implode. Honestly, of the three of the four teams in the regional, TCU's got a better chance of imploding if anybody's going to. I'm not saying they are, but I mean just their track record, things they've done this year, the way they played. They actually have the best chance of imploding. Or Roberts didn't. Um, I'm, A&M, Los Angeles got them playing well, but it's just it is hard to figure. I mean, you had a team that's in their own conference hitting sixth, pitching fourth, and they won the regular season. They don't, you know, normally one or the other. Like the Cajuns finished first. You know, that's how, we're a third place team. Our pitching staff was number one in the conference. Hitting was middle of the pack. They don't have either. So for me, one of the biggest keys is we got to keep the ball, the ball in the yard. And that's, uh, um, that, that's a big, big key. Now, again, you know, you get table setters. So the middle infield, you know, Gray Rogers is their second baseman. Well, he's riding an 11-game streak. Um, the shortstop you talked about, Sacco. Well, he's a Brooks Wallace Awards finalist. You know, so he's on the same level as Sheffield from Texas State, who made second-team All-American was announced yesterday. He, he, he can go. This this out. They're good. But, again, does it translate? And, and yeah, I have a lot of questions. I, I mean, there, there's some of this stuff. It, it's odd, but I'll tell you, they play seven guys all year. There's no there's no depth. Um, they've got seven guys with 54, 55, 55, 56 starts. They're playing the same group. Every single day, um, they've got a DH that rotates in and out and a left fielder. And that's about it, dude. They just, here's all I go. I, I'm, I don't know. This is one of those where this team, oh, man, they're really good. I think if you take the name TCU off the front of the hat and put South Alabama, it looks about the same to me. Really? Interesting. Yeah, they're just, they're, they're a good team. Um, they come from a good conference, but they're not a great team. They're not, you know, they're not anything. I, again, I'm telling you, the, the scariest team in this tournament, if I was on the outside looking in, would be Oral Roberts. Uh, you think of these four teams, got, Oral Roberts is the scariest, or do you mean just in game one because of their pitcher? Well, they have more than one. They pitch, so they don't walk anybody. Their strikeout-to-walk ratio is like fifth best in the country. They're scary because they're playing well, and you can actually point to three or four guys and go, okay, they got a dude here, they got a dude here, they got a dude here. You're not, you're not at TCU unless you have talent, but we played them last year. We beat them on Friday, got a butt kicked on Saturday, lose 5-1 and strand about 10 base runners in scoring position on Sunday. You know, we just couldn't get a big hit. We actually out hit them on Sunday and lost 5-1. It's the reason I say scary is because that's the team that's playing complete baseball, and they've been playing that way for a little while. And that's what scares me about them. And, again, because if you come into this tournament, A&M and TCU are the teams people are paying attention to because the name across the front of their jersey. And, if you, like I said, if you put South Alabama across TCU's jersey, I don't think you see that big of a difference. Now, and, and, I, and that's a compliment because South Alabama's a good baseball team. You know, 
But but they wouldn't I, have won the regular season Big Twelve. I don't understand how they want these guys won the burger season Big Twelve. <laughs> All right, fair because, enough. All right, the last thing on this regional, and, and I think it'll kind of segue into. Um, last thing I want to discuss with you, which is NCAA regionals kind of as a whole and a little bit on LSU. You mentioned Legend Smith, the All-American pitcher for Oral Roberts, who will go uh, today um, against Texas A&M. You get to NCAA regionals, some teams have a lot of aces, right? Southern Miss has three. Some teams yep. have two. Some teams have four. Everybody's got at least one. You know, we can talk about the Cajuns. You can kind of interchange them, and, and it's you know of, of every regional team the Cajuns have ever had. You wouldn't look at this one and be like, "Yeah, that three man rotation is is the best we've seen." And that's not to disrespect those guys because we're talking about some great pitchers of the past. My point is, everyone's got at least one, and you get to see a lot of them today. And as a result. You see some teams, some one-four matchups that end up being really close dogfights, and then maybe you yep. know the four seed falls off after that. Maybe they can't win the whole regional, but that first game, when you're going up against great, great stuff like A and M is going to do today. Now A and M's got the better team than than Oral Roberts. They have more talent top to bottom, but man, you face an All-American pitcher, it's dogfight. So how many? upsets do you think we see today right it's day one as opposed to or rather as compared to how many outright regional upsets do you think we're going to see by the time monday night rolls around if the question makes sense like how much will how many upsets today versus when all is said and done how many of these regionals won't be won by you know the the favorites the hosts well so it's two separate questions, right? Because I'm telling you now, the biggest game one is however far down the road Austin is. Because UT has a, a kid that was named first team All-American. Guy can flat out pitch. Um, and maybe one of the scariest guys in college baseball is a first team All-American for Air Force mm-hmm. named Paul Skanes. Hit 12 bombs, hit 330. ERA's 2-4 ERA with 92 strikeouts. He's going to get on the mound and bump 98-99 consistent. This dude is a – his only issue with being a top 40 pick next year. He's only a sophomore. Will be his um, Air Force commitment and how they work all that out. The dude can flat go. Now, Texas got the National Player of the Year. They've got another – and he – and they got a lefty named Pete Hansen. I'm sorry, second team All American, who can go. So it's going to be really, really interesting. That that, that first game is going to be scary. There are a few of them, um, and that's the thing. Some of these teams are here because they have one dude that pretty much when he pitched, we won, and the rest of the time you were average, and that was enough to get you here. Well, Air Force is one of them, and it's not knocking Texas. Texas is three guys make All American. Texas is really, really good. I mean, at one point they were number one in the country for a reason, but that's going to be a dude. You got a you got a guy on the mound that's sitting ninety eight ninety nine. It can be a long day. You're going to see a number of upsets today. You're going to see a few upsets when it comes to regionals. That's usually what it comes down to, right? Sure. So understand too. Some teams get hot and they build on a season. You know, it's kind of like if you watch a team 
the, the pitcher's on 100 pitches, and you pull him. And all of a sudden, they start getting better swings. I don't care who you bring in. Just because it's somebody different kind of thing. Well, the regular season's over, and desperation's over, and you've got to be careful, again, that, you know, you don't lose any momentum you created because you understand how to play in the situation. You understand the pressure and the emotions, and some people can maintain it. Some people can't. And, again, you're playing for your life, if that's fair, and then all of a sudden, you know, it eases up a little bit on opening day, and it's just it's different. Um, as far as upsets go, honestly, I don't know about upsets, but you're going to see some new new faces. Uh, Vatek, John Chef, I would be shocked if they don't win that regional. Gonzaga's good, but they should win that regional. You'll get Maryland in a super regional. Again, they're good. I wouldn't be, but they're not going to be upset. Miami, Coral Gables, Miami number one. They're good. Number two, can you tell me you understand what's going on in Oxford? How that they were number one team in the country at one point they were like, I don't know, six and fourteen in the SEC. I mean, now they, they were they many viewed them as the most disappointing team in college baseball this year. But if they yeah. if they make a strong run in right now in the regionals, and if they get to Omaha, no one's going to remember the regular season. You know, they got <laughs> in that large. Yeah, they got in that large bid because the way they finished the season, Arizona was in the College World Series last year. They still have players that did not get taken out. They, they're they good. Um, I think that Coral Gable Regional and Miami, remember Miami um, hosted last year, and it was South Florida playing South Alabama in a regional final because uh-huh. Miami got knocked out. And the other one, there's there was a snub pretty hard that went on for uh, OU. There was a lot of people upset that they didn't get a regional. And OU got sent to Florida. Liberty is a three seed, and Liberty did what the NCAA asked them to do. They played a really tough non-conference and got in that large. And then the the, uh, other team in that regional is Central Michigan. And Scott, I don't know squat about Central Michigan. And so I started scrolling through the All-America team on Baseball America and Central Michigan, I accidentally was on the preseason. Like, whoa, they had two preseason All-American pitchers. One left, one right. And then now they're in the, the, the regional. That tells you something. That means they got a couple arms over there. That regional is, is going to be tough. And I'm not going to expect Florida to come out. I don't have any faith in Florida at all. Also, the Greenville regional, East Carolina got it. Dude. One of the best pitchers in college baseball is a guy named Carson Wisenhunt. He's not playing. Year-long suspension, PEDs. You're talking about a, a guy that's, that's going to be a top-20 pick this year in the draft. Has not pitched the entire year. Um, I was surprised East Carolina got the host. But let's just talk for real. The real story is going to be in Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge playing in, in Southern Miss. Hattiesburg, sold, they, they sold out like days ago. I mean, uh-huh. the LSU, Kennesaw State, Miss. though, before we get into Southern Miss, Kennesaw State, you mentioned non-conference schedule, um, uh, and then, of course, Army's the, the, the four seed there. This this one, for multiple reasons, is about as intriguing a regional as it gets. Oh, dude, Kennesaw State. So we've talked all year, how's Georgia Southern uh, rated so high? 
because Kennesaw State was in the top 30 RPI all year long. Their midweek games are Georgia Southern, Georgia Tech, Georgia. I mean, they're good. I don't know enough about them, but I do know that they're very good, and they've been a top 30 RPI team all year long. That is not going to be the pushover. Look, LSU's got two consistent problems. Number one, they consistently make errors. Number two, their pitching, starting pitching staff has been consistently inconsistent, and that, that's something I understand. LSU fans, they um, some, some stuff got misinterpreted. If you listen to them talk, it makes it sound like they're looking past the whole regional. The comments were made kind of looking past Kennesaw State to Southern Miss. That's a mistake. I don't think LSU loses that game. But they're going to, they might have a little more trouble than they're thinking. Southern Miss is good. I mean, they can they can flat pitch it. Yeah, they've got. I mean, they've got three incredible arms. And um, my final question to you, Brad Topham, have been our guest. You can hear him tonight, six thirty pregame, seven o'clock first pitch. He and Jay Walker from College Station, the Texas A and M College Station Regional, Louisiana versus TCU tonight. If I if 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 you were forced to make a bet, let's say you were so let's say you had a thousand dollars, you you were for you had to bet no matter what. And I said, Brad, thousand dollars on Tennessee to win it all or the field? The field, no questions. Tennessee is one of those teams that done pissed everybody off. Everybody. There this is Tennessee has become one of those um I wouldn't call him Duke because there's not a lot of people that like him. Tennessee fans love him, and they've gotten obnoxious. And so they're like they're like they the, the Dallas Cowboys of the early '90s, is what you're saying. Yeah, but there's more nationwide fans. I I'm, t- I'm actually trying to think of a, a way to describe them. They don't have a nationwide fan base, but their fans are obnoxious. That's the crazy part. But they weren't. They, nobody knew Tennessee baseball existed know, two years ago. I know, you know, but they're so good. I, I, I I'm like, how did, they, how did they? How did they ascend this quickly? Because look, it, it's been a long time since the number one overall seed won it all. I get that, but man, I don't remember a number one overall seed as dominant heading into a, uh, heading into the postseason as this Tennessee team is. Well, when you when you go roll into. Um, at Georgia Southern and pick off a kid who walks over to you and he's nine and zero with 99 strikeouts and 70 innings. Cause he had a sore shoulder for the last month at Georgia Southern and couldn't pitch. Yeah. Chase Dolan was at Georgia Southern last year. They wouldn't pluck him. You know, it's a big deal when that guy is in the middle of your pitching rotation and then the bullpen guy throwing 104. Well, he threw hard last year, not this hard. Four. Good Lord. Yeah. And look, let me tell you something. When you, when it, and believe it or not, when that fastball is 98, dude, it leaves the yard. I mean, it leaves the yard fast. People know how to hit that now. Dude, 30, 20 years ago, nobody would know what to do. Now it's just, ooh, look how cool. And I was watching him against Georgia. He was throwing fastballs at 98, 99, and Georgia launched him in, in the, into the stands because they're used to it. No, they're very, very talented. I, I do expect them to be in the World Series. I don't expect them to win it, dude. I, I really don't. I, I just, I don't know, teams like that, I hate to say they, they get what's coming to them, but they seem like a team that's going to get what's coming, gets what's coming to them, and it's going to be rough. 
Um, I will tell you, though, one to keep an eye on is who we're partnered with. Don't be shocked if Oregon wins the Louisville Regional. The LSU fans know about that. LSU went up there last year and ended up beating them. They have a lot of guys back. They're going to be pretty good. And I'll give you for some Belt people, the Stanford Regional, dude, that regional is going to be tough. Te- mean, Texas tough. State, Texas State. I don't care what they say publicly. They were stunned when they learned that they were going to Palo Alto, and not in a good way. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you're yeah, happy you're in the postseason, course. but come on, they're they're like, wait, what? We're going where? Yeah. Oh, and by the way, UC Santa Barbara. Yeah, they the walked Gauchos. away with that conference, and they have been playing. They have been playing good baseball for a very, very long time. That is a dude. I'm sorry, they got a raw deal. They're going to compete, but, yeah, they got a raw deal, cuz. NCAA Regionals, give me all you got. That is Brad Topham. Listen to him tonight. Louisiana versus TCU and all this weekend. If you want a rundown of where to watch, how to listen, and the times of all of the games, you can head over to ESPNLafayette.com or the ESPN Lafayette app and check out the story there brad appreciate the time man enjoy college station and uh, i know that you're hoping to drive back uh early next week with um with more baseball left to be played for the cajuns but it's going to be a fun series man and uh it's going to be a fun game tonight looking forward to listening to you and jay all weekend hey bro hopefully we're we're still rolling we can talk monday morning yeah appreciate it brother have a good one all right bye bye brad topham